Welcome to Lose Lips, all the things you wanted to say but didn't know how to say it. Today's topic is, why is Russia not mobilizing in St. Petersburg and Moscow? Is Russia racist? Now, the mobilization order issued by President Putin on September 20th, 2023, only applied to experienced and skilled army reservists who had previously served in the armed forces. Most Russian men, ages 18 to 65, are automatically counted as reservists, but not all of them are eligible for call-up. Now, this is what I was able to find on the internet, but interestingly enough, the majority of the people that were called up were not previously in the armed forces and were deemed just to be of fighting age. In other words, young men are, as many would say, part of the meat grinder. The mobilization order is aimed at beefing up the volunteer forces that are fighting in Moscow-held regions of Ukraine, where Russia is trying to annex the territories through referendums. The order does not imply a full-scale war with Ukraine or NATO, although it did raise the stakes and tensions in the region. Now, if Russia needed to increase numbers, you have to wonder why if they had a true armed force, why these were not sent in first, and why you would actually need to request volunteers, so to say. But we all know these were not all volunteers. They were called up in order to participate or face jail time or harsh consequences. Now, the mobilization order has sparked widespread protest and resistance among the Russian population, especially the young people who do not want to participate in the war or risk their lives for Putin's ambitions. The protests have been met with harsh police crackdowns and arrests, which have further alienated and angered the public. Again, this is not volunteer but more of a forced requirement to participate. The, mobiliz no, the mobilization order has also exposed the weaknesses and problems of the Russian military system, such as the decline of labor unions, the rise of globalization and outsourcing, the stagnation of productivity growth, the mismatch of skills and jobs, and the erosion of the minimum wage. These factors have reduced the motivation and morale of the soldiers and the reservists and made them even more vulnerable to desertion, disobedience, and surrender. This is evident among the stories that are infiltrating the internet. Many young men don't want to participate and were forced to. It wasn't enough that they pulled men from prison. They pulled from society. But if you look at the numbers, the numbers were pulled away from faraway regions, not in Moscow or St. Petersburg. So I ask, what are the ethnic groups that were pulled, and is Russia racist? Now, interestingly, when I looked this up, in the very beginning, the pulled numbers were part of the Donetsk and Luhansk People's Republic which are self-proclaimed breakaway states in eastern Ukraine that are not recognized by the sovereign state, including Russia. Now, apparently Russia began their general mobilization on February 19, 2022. 
five days before the start of Russian full-scale invasion of Ukraine. Now, I actually searched for a long time trying to find which regions were heavily mobilized. And the regions in Russia were primarily of ethnic races that were mobilized. Very, very few were actually pulled from Moscow or St. Petersburg. Now, this is interesting because Russia is a multi-ethnic and multicultural country with more than 190 ethnic groups and 35 official languages. According to the 2010 census, about 80% of the population identifies as ethnic Russians, while the rest belong to various minorities, such as the Tatars, Ukrainians, Bakers, Chechens, Armenians, and others. Russia also hosts millions of immigrants and refugees from former Soviet states, especially from Central Asia and the Caucasus, as well as from Africa, Asia, and Europe. However, diversity does not necessarily imply tolerance or equality. Russia has a long history of racism and xenophobia dating back to the imperial and Soviet eras, when certain groups were oppressed, persecuted, or marginalized by the state of society. Some of the most affected groups were Jews, Tatars, Poles, Germans, and people of the Caucasus and Central Asia. Racism and xenophobia persisted after the collapse of the Soviet Union and were exasperated by the economic and political crisis, the rise of nationalism, the conflicts in Chechnya and Georgia, and the influx of migrants and refugees. Now, according to various sources, racism and xenophobia are still prevalent and pervasive in Russia, even affecting both the Russian citizens and the non-Russian citizens of different races and ethnicities. Some of the most common forms of racism and xenophobia in Russia are hate crimes. Now, there are violent attacks motivated by hatreds or intolerance towards a person or group based on their race, ethnicity, religion, or other characteristics. Now, according to the Sova Center, a human rights organization that monitors hate crimes in Russia, there were 71 hate crimes in 2020, resulting in 19 deaths and 52 injuries. Now, most of the victims were from Central Asia, the Caucasus, Africa, and the Middle East. Russia also has hate speech. These are verbal or written expressions that incite hatred or violence towards a person or group. Now, according to Silva, again, there were 1,057 cases of hate speech in 2020, mostly on the internet, but also in the media, public events, and graffiti. And most of the targets were from Central Asia, the Caucasus, Ukraine, and the West. Russia also has discrimination. Now, these are actions or policies that treat a person or a group differently or unfairly based on their race. Now, again, according to Levada Center, 56% of Russians say they would not like to have neighbors of a different race. 45% said they would not like to have neighbors of a different religion. And 
40% said they would not like to have neighbors of a different nationality. Now, there's also stereotypes and prejudices. Now, these are beliefs or attitudes that generalize or judge a person or a group based on their race. Now, again, according to a survey by the Levada Center, 62% of Russians said they had a negative attitude towards people from Central Asia. 58% they had a negative attitude towards people from the Caucasus. And 36% said they had a negative attitude towards people from Africa. Now, these are just some of the examples of racism and xenophobia in Russia, according to the web search results. However, it is important to note that not all Russians are racist or xenophobic, and that there are also many examples of tolerance, solidarity, and cooperation among the different races. There are also various initiatives and organizations that aim to combat racism and xenophobia in Russia. Now, in Russia, they have something called the Federal Agency for Ethnic Affairs, which is a government body that coordinates um, state policy on ethnic relations, inter-ethnic harmony, and national development. They also have the Moscow Protestant Chaplaincy, which is a Christian organization that provides humanitarian aid. There is also the Anti-Discrimination Center, which is a human rights organization that monitors and reports on discrimination. The Russia LGBT Network, which is a non-governmental organization that defends and rights of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people in Russia. The Moscow Helsinki Group, which is a non-governmental organization that promotes human rights. Now, despite all of this, it is obvious that Putin sees pure Russians as those that live in Moscow or St. Petersburg. It is well known that the majority of Russians live in poverty outside of Russia, outside of Moscow and St. Petersburg. The majority of Russians in these regions tend to be educated as well. It then makes me believe that Putin himself realizes and understands that to pull mobilization from his elite group of backers would not sit favorably for him. So he goes to the uneducated in regions that are less populated and farther away from his main supporters to fight in its inhumane and unjust war. Think about it. If Putin were to mobilize in St. Petersburg and Moscow, he would have been done for. They would have rioted and pushed him out of power. Putin sees the less educated and far regions as less of a problem and by mobilizing them, secures his future in his eye. But now you have a problem, because those less educated and poor individuals were the ones that were working in society of uneducated labor. Now with the losses, Russia is facing a manpower shortage. I believe that Putin knows if he were to mobilize among his elites with their sons, there would be a mutiny and he would not have the support he needs. This being the case, it is obvious that Putin believes the people of the outer regions of Moscow and St. Petersburg have no meaning to him. They are worthless in his eyes, and he will continue to send these people in these regions to die with little consequences. So you see, Russia is racist, for if you do not have money, power, or live in the areas deemed acceptable, 
you have little meaning or even value in Russia, with the exception to serve as fertilizer in Ukraine or any other war Putin deems necessary. Watch out because Belarus is next. That's all for today. Thank you for listening to Lose Lips and until the next time.